podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the Quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Anna of Wax and Wayne Studio. Hi, everyone. Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guest, Shelly of Matante Quilting. Hello. So, Shelly, let's kick things off with what we're all dying to know. What's the story behind your Instagram handle? Well, I don't know why you have to ask that question. It seems super explanatory to me, self-explanatory. No, <laughs> no. I grew up, okay. I, I grew well, up in Ottawa. The French which... judginess <laughs> is coming through. <laughs> I grew up in Ottawa, which is a super bilingual town, city. It's Canada's capital. So it's bilingual for both French and English. And my brother married a Francophone. And then when he had a daughter, their daughter grew up speaking French as her first language. And I wanted to make a quilt for her. And I decided I'd make a little business. And I named it after Matante quilting because Matante is like a French phrase that means auntie. Like made Mm -hmm. by auntie is basically what I was trying to say with that. And it made a lot of sense when I lived in Ottawa and everybody understood what Matante means. But (laughs) now I live in Manitoba and nobody can pronounce it and doesn't understand anything about it. What is the best worst pronunciation of it you've ever heard? Oh, well, my favorite is when people just get it wrong altogether. For the longest time, when people thought I was manatee quilting. I'm I'm guilty of that. (laughs) When I first saw it, I thought it was manatee. You just move all the letters around and make it into something else altogether, which is adorable, especially because we're in landlocked Manitoba. (laughs) We do not have manatees. So can you tell us a little bit about your quilting journey, how you started and, and why you started posting on Instagram and... Sure. I When I first started quilting, it was in 2008 because my niece was born. And at the time I was a knitter, I was knitting, but I wanted to make something a little bit more, I don't know, cuddlier, a little something bigger. And it, I thought it would take a long time to knit a baby blanket. So I decided to make a quilt. And that's where I started. And it took a really long time to get on Instagram. I don't think I joined until maybe 2016, but I was probably lurking on there for years before, you know, seeing all the beautiful pictures of quilts. So yeah, I started. Did you sew beforehand? No, not, not really. I grew up in a house where my mom had a sewing machine and she was very proficient at it, but it was more for curtains and Halloween costumes and things like that. But uh, no quilting. turns out I have a family, a long established family history of quilting, but I never met any of my great grandmothers that did any of that work. They all passed away before I was born, but I still have some of their quilts. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite one that you still have? Like the well, favorite pattern. Yeah, it's a um, it's a basket. I don't know what they call those. It's all um, hand applique on. They're little baskets mm. that are hand applique onto oh, this wow. enormous queen size quilt that was made for my mother's wedding. And all done by hand. Oh, this is the funny part. So it's all. I would say it was machine pieced, but it's meticulously hand quilted and then she machine stitched the binding which I found so interesting (laughs) (laughs) that's the opposite of what I would do so if I ever get to talk to that lady in the afterlife or what I'm that's gonna be the first question first question yeah (laughs) why didn't you hand bind (laughs) this quilt so you I'm I mean is it safe to assume that you're a self-taught quilter then 
I'm an internet taught quilter. If that's does that count as self taught? I feel like sure. lots, I think lots, yeah. yeah, lots of people put out lots of tutorials and books and things like that. That's how I learned from YouTube hmm. tutorials. So what kind of how did you get into long arm quilting from that one first baby quilt? I was making I would call that piecing. So I was a piecer for a very long time before I owned a long arm quilt. Well, we had to the long arm league, which is this membership that I belong to, we had to come up with a word to distinguish between long arm quilters and not long arm quilters. Because if everybody's called a quilter, that's very confusing very quickly. So we've got <laughs> quilters and piecers. Anyways, so <laughs> piecer, I was a piecer for a really long time. And I really, I don't, I don't remember when I first saw a long arm machine, but as soon as I saw one, I was like, I want that. I need to do that. I need to get my hands on that. Look what that machine could do. So I just remember being really impressed when I first saw one. And I knew right from that moment that that would be what I would be doing with my time. Where did you spot this long arm quilting machine? I don't remember. I don't know if I saw it. on. It must have been on Instagram. That has to be where I first saw it because there's none. I never saw any in my town where I lived. I never saw any going to quilt shops growing up because there weren't really quilt shops around. But as soon as I saw one, I was done. So then did you teach yourself how to long arm quilt or... You know, how, like, what was the process from deciding that's what I'm going to do to making that dream a reality? Now I have one in my basement that's going right now. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time. <laughs> yeah, that was probably oh, a solid five years between when I first saw one okay. and when I could actually get one and start a business. I didn't just want one for fun. I wanted it to be a business. I really wanted that to be my full-time career. And mm-hmm. it took a lot. It took a lot of planning, a lot of saving, I had to move. I had to renovate a house. I had to find a machine. I had to come up with a whole new plan for purchasing a machine when my uh, funding fell through. Like it took a, there was a lot of hurdles in the way of that dream, but I bought one in the, in September of 2018. And then I started my business in March of 2019. So dreams don't just happen overnight. It takes, it took a long time for this one to come true, but I'm really glad. Yeah, you have to like put in flooring, special flooring and stuff for it, or just, you just needed space. Yeah, I just needed the space because it's huge. Like that machine takes up a room that's nine feet by 16 feet, really. It takes up that whole room. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah, so I didn't have room for it in my 650 square foot apartment in Ottawa, and then I didn't have room for it in my tiny condo when I moved first to Manitoba. But after a while, I did find the right house and did renovate the house enough so that I could put one in. I like stalk your Instagram every now and then, and I really like the renovation in your house. Oh, it's done you. really well. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I I shouldn't have. I don't understand. I lived in Ottawa. I'm a big city snob, like big time. I enjoy everything that a city has to offer. I like the crowds. I like the noise. I like the excitement. I like everything about it. And then I ended up moving out to the middle of nowhere, Manitoba for a job for my career. And then that town that I was living in is about 50,000 people. And after a while, I met my partner. We decided that we wanted to live together and we couldn't find a place to live together. So I just moved into his house, which was in a tiny town of 2,500 people. So I just keep moving smaller Wait, and smaller. 2,500 people? Yeah. So this is our big town of Minidosa, Manitoba. And next, I imagine we'll just have to move to a farm somewhere where we can be completely yeah. alone. I don't know. Like, what's left? So living in a smaller town, do people call you the quilting lady? Oh, certainly not. Nobody knows me here. I'm so, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically... 
<laughs> I am unknown in this town. <laughs> no, nobody. Are you Batman? <laughs> no, it's just it's such a. I, I I work outside the community, so I can I commute every day and then go travel and work somewhere else. And so not many people actually know me here. And there is actually a long arm quilter in this town already. So if there is a quilt lady, she's probably it. I'm not. There's going to be a rumble one day. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's pretty friendly. Watch out. Here comes Shelly. <laughs> so for your own quilting, can you describe kind of your your piecing style? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm more of a modern traditionalist. I don't know. I like more traditional blocks, but I just like them in more modern colors. I think that's the only difference, really. I think I like a traditional block, but I don't want to see it in, I don't know, revival Reproduction prints. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not interested in that style. No offense to all my clients. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a go-to quilting design? It really depends, I guess. Okay. Uh, I would say that I have one that clients have asked me to do more often than any other any other uh, pantograph for sure and that one's called soho and it's just it's very pleasing it's round and pointy at the same time and it's it's fast and it looks good on literally everything that you could ever put it on so i'd say <laughs> that one's pretty much my go-to in that i do it a lot but if it's something i'm choosing for myself i would probably choose something more intricate complicated challenging difficult so you kind of want to pull your hair out in order to get it to make to look perfect because that's a real challenge <laughs> with long arm quilting. Even though it's a, I have a computerized machine, it doesn't do everything by itself. You really have to still have some skills and, and make sure that it aligns properly. And so those are, those ones feel really good when you get them right. Hmm. I didn't even, even think that you know, you'd have to consider those things when putting a pantograph and into like the machine and into a quilt, quilt as well. So yeah. that's actually really cool. Yeah. What do you consider when you pick out a quilt design or a pantograph for a quilt? Well, I'll consider the client's needs. Like say if it's, it's for a client, I just do whatever they ask me to do. But uh, if it's for my own or if they just say, hey, Shelly, just pick for me whatever you want, because that happens sometimes. I usually like to pick something that either complements or um, maybe brings out or enhances the quilting design, the piecing design. So if something say all pointy and angly, like it's a... I don't know, half square triangle quilt or something. I would usually pick something that's got more curves in it, more movement to it, so that it just sort of complements so that the two look nice together. And then sizing is a big deal when you're choosing a pantograph because you can pick a, whatever pantograph you want, but then I can size it bigger or smaller to complement the quilt top. So it really depends if there's a if there's a motif in the quilt so that it's a I don't know, let's say 16 inches tall, then I'm probably going to pick something that's about two thirds of that height or one third. I usually use the rule of thirds when I'm choosing how big to make it so that, uh, so that it, the piecing and the quilting actually look like they belong together. So that's a, that's a fine art. Are you able to like do mock-ups or like, how do you, I mean, besides <clears throat> just past experience like is there a way for you to send like to a client this is what it would look like this is you know what I'm envisioning things like that or is it really just kind of going with your gut it's really more gut oriented I would say Jesus they can see Christ. a little square that's gonna show <laughs> yeah it's a lot of trust right there's a lot that of is trust a lot of trust <laughs> yeah 
So I, I don't take that lightly, right? Like I make sure that I do a very good job for my clients because I know how long it probably took them to make that quilt up and how much money it cost. And so we're yeah. going to try and do something to really enhance it to its to its fullest potential. Um, so what's your number one tip for quilters when they send their quilts to you? Oh my gosh, I would love it if everybody in the world would triple check the size of their measurements of both the quilt top and the backing because <laughs> the backing has to be bigger than the quilt top. It has to <laughs> in order for it mm. to be loaded on the machine. And it has happened several times that a client will send me their backing and their quilt top and the backing is somehow smaller than the quilt top <gasps> and I can't no. use it. Then I can't use it. So they've spent time and money to send it to me and then they either have to purchase more fabric and send it to my house and then I have to cut it up and repiece it put their backing back together and that happens with even experienced quilters so that would be my number one tip super make sure if you can <laughs> lay it out on the floor put the backing down and then put the back the top on top of it just to make sure there's extra room on all four sides yep or just measure really carefully multiple times <laughs> <laughs> and generally you would need like three to four inches you'd you'd say on each side that's right. Yeah. Top and bottom, yeah. you have to have to have that. I can get away with a little bit less on the sides, but top and bottom, there's just, I physically can't load it on the long arm quilt without that extra room top and bottom. Interesting. Going to note that. <laughs> Your long arm quilter will remind you of this. If you send one off, they if will it's been a problem. <laughs> I mean, like the, well, you know, having extra room at the top and bottom is more important than on the sides. Like that, I feel like is fairly like a good tip inside that I don't know and yeah yeah but Wendy which one's going to be the top and which one's going to be the side because sometimes I'll load a quilt sideways in which case now I need the quote-unquote sides to be three or four inches bigger and then it's fine uh, if the top and bottom you know twist so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why just as a good rule of thumb we say just make sure there's four inches around every side of your quilt and then your quilter will be able to make it work no matter what's going on don't try to gain the system, Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, I can save on some fabric on the side. Shelly knows. <laughs> Sneaky Wendy. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that you're really into uh, traditional blocks. So when you're starting a new quilt, do you generally go for, you know, a pre-created or a pattern that you've, you like, or do you go through block books or things like that? Like what kind of things inspire you when you're starting a new quilting project? Well, I think that is a good question because I think it does. It's mostly Instagram, I guess, if I'm if I'm going to be totally honest. It's mostly other people's work. So I'll see people's patterns and oftentimes I'll say, oh, that's a great idea, but maybe I'll, I'll tweak it in some way, shape or form. I'm not really one to follow a pattern. Uh, even if I do purchase one, I'm probably going to resize it at the very least because number one, I'm a math nerd and I like that. And number two, sometimes sometimes I'll look at the cutting instructions and I'll think, oh, I could probably be a little bit more efficient with that fabric if I just resize these blocks to something different. So um, yeah, so I like other people's work and then I just, I take what I like, twist it a little bit to maybe fit my color scheme or something that that feels more true to me and then just sort of run with that. Cool. I'm always amazed by how quilters and I'll see it all the time, like take my patterns and resize it or rejig it. Like I always find that expression of creativity again, as a total math nerd, I get very excited by that. <laughs> <laughs> I get confused when people don't know how to resize a pattern. Like I think I'm, I, but I, I don't want to be judgmental I, because there's things that I don't understand. I don't know how people design right. quilts. Like I don't get that. That's not a skill that I have, but 
I, I'm always confused when people are like, well, I bought this pattern and so I have to make it exactly the way the designer says. I, I think a pattern is just a suggestion. It's like a recipe. Yeah. It's like yeah. a recipe. Yeah. 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 That's how I explain to non-quilters, like, the whole designing. They're like, what do you mean you do design quilt patterns? I'm like, it's like a quilt recipe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what we should start calling them. Yeah. Like, oh, I like they that. They aren't really patterns. Yeah. Recipe cards. Mm. But I'm sure lots Hashtag of people... recipe. <laughs> recipe. I'm sure yeah. lots of people follow them exactly, right? Like, you must see that when people use your patterns and then recreate them exactly. Oh, I've done it before, too. I love a good quilt kit. Yeah. You know, sometimes I just want to go with somebody else's color palette. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's just nice yeah. to follow someone else's pattern. I have one more question about long arming. Did you take classes or, like, how did you learn to do it? Did you just, like, get the machine and open up the instruction manual? I did that, yes, and, <laughs> and it didn't help that much. I bought a used machine. Uh, I live in the middle of nowhere, and it, it's hard to find used longer machines, just period. And then this screaming deal came up on one that was not very far away from us. So we drove there, purchased it in the morning, threw it in a trailer, brought it home, and then I had to figure out how to use it. Um, so previously I had touched long arms before I had seen them. <laughs> I had traveled to quilt shops across the country that had one for sale or where you could try one out. So I had touched one before I understood the general concept of them, but that's very different when you have someone who's a experienced operator owner standing right next to you, telling you which buttons to push to having something in pieces in your basement and then having to reassemble <laughs> the entire machine, put a quilt top on there and then try and figure out what the heck to do when the stitches are all messed up so it's like ikea the, gone horribly horribly wrong that's correct yeah and then i bought on top of that then i was like let me just buy a computer and strap this to the side of it, and we'll see it did you duct tape it <laughs> there's no duct tape involved i'm happy to say but there was a lot of there was a lot of time and that's why i'm happy that i'm so mechanically inclined where you had to just kind of figure out how to assemble this thing with the motors and strap it on where to put it and then it's just a it's just a big machine and you just have to learn how it works. I'll say that I understand a lot more about how a sewing machine works now that I have a long arm. Before it was just, oh, this is a magical little sewing machine where I push my quilt through and it works and I don't understand how this works at all. But now that I've got a long arm and I have to play with the timing of the machine and adjust it appropriately and adjust the tension, I understand a lot more about that now. So that's been a terrible learning curve, but we got it now. <laughs> A steep, a steep learning curve. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. So what are your quilting goals for the year? Oh, I'm working on a big one that I'm really excited about. I'm very hopeful that by the end of the year, I will be able to quit my full-time job and move into long-arm quilting full-time as a career. Ooh. So the more people I tell, the scarier it gets. And then the more I feel like I have to work on that goal. But that's the big one. December 31st, no more full-time job. Just quilting. We're holding you to it. Okay, awesome. great. Yeah, check in on me. <laughs> Hey everyone, we've got a quick announcement to make. This week, we've got a favor to ask of all of you. We'd love it if you have a second to give us a review on the podcast provider of your choice. Or if you're not into giving reviews, we'd still love to hear what you think. Send us an email at hello at quiltbuzzpodcast.com or a DM on Instagram at quilt.buzz. We'd love to hear what's working for you, what you'd like more of, and if there are some guests you think we shouldn't miss. We truly want to make sure that this podcast is a podcast for quilters, and we couldn't do that without you. So please drop us a line and share your thoughts, whether it's a review on your podcast provider, an email, or a DM. We really appreciate it. And now let's get back to the quilts. It is time to move on to our rapid fire quilting questions. Are you ready, Shelley? I'm 
ready. She's doing the Rocky dance. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So why don't Anna, why don't you kick us off? All right. What is your favorite time of day to quilt? Morning. Be where she's while you're sewing. No, I'm Canadian. (laughs) Wait, do do (laughs) Canadians just not wear shoes? Is this something? Are you not in the house? Not in the house. Yeah. What about slippers? That's a real thing. Yeah, of course, slippers, obviously, because it's cold. But like, (laughs) duh. (laughs) I think realistically, I think you're gonna have a tough time finding a Canadian who wears who wears shoes in their house. I think it's rare. Yep. I guess. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Consider shoes. We maybe need to make that question more general. Do you wear footwear? Foot coverings. Foot foot coverings. (laughs) Foot coverings. (laughs) (laughs) Do you um? Do you listen to music, Netflix, or Sounds of Silence while you quilt? All the above, plus audiobooks and podcasts. What are you enjoying right now? Oh, lots of episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. Where are you watching? Where are you streaming that? <laughs> on Netflix. Really? It's on Netflix. Okay. Maybe not so... in America. Sorry. But in Canada, for sure. No, I think it is. I am totally streaming that after this recording. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. What is your favorite snack while quilting? Wine. That's a snack, right? <laughs> right, guys. That is a snack. Okay. It has it has energy. <laughs> Provides energy. Anyways, what is your favorite traditional quilt block? I like a log cabin, but I recently discovered orange peel blocks. So orange peel. Ooh. Mm. What's your favorite color? Aqua, teal, minty? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> um, what color fabric do you use the most? Uh, blues, a whole range of blues. Uh, who's your favorite fabric designer? Allison Glass. And what is the last fabric that you bought? A pile of um, art gallery pure solids. What are your top three quilting notions? A sharp blade, creative grids rulers, and my little fabric snip snippers. What size creative grid ruler is your favorite? Oh, don't make me choose. Okay. <laughs> They're so good. They're all <laughs> I can't. Yeah. There's a collection. What is your pressing preference? Open to the dark side, whatever works. To the side. Not necessarily to the dark, but to the side. Yeah. Is that your favorite for long arm quilting too? Does it make a difference? My machine does not care. Good to know. Pick one. HSTs, curves, or strip piecing? Strip piecing. Because it's so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Shelly, comma, speed demon. <laughs> I like to go fast. <laughs> Machine or hand quilt? Machine. Machine oh. or hand bind? Machine. What is your favorite part of the quilting process? Pressing. Nice. That's really? Weird, but true. Yep. <laughs> no judging. Like, do you enjoy pressing blocks or like pieces or like? The whole quilt top every you enjoy part, as well. Yeah, every seam I ever get to press, I just love it. Because I think that's <laughs> a huge part of where accuracy comes from in your blocks. I think pressing is one of the most underrated skills that you have as a as a quilter. And it just makes such a difference. And I love it when you press it. And it just, even the smell of my, say, wool pressing mat or my ironing board or the fabric or whatever. I don't know. There's something really mesmerizing about it. I love pressing. Does your smell like wet sheep? Because mine still does. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it's part of the charm. So when you move to that barn or that farm, you're ready. It's going to fit in no problem. (laughs) What's one bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? My terrible posture. 
who is your quilty BFF? I, I don't know that I really have one. I'm more solitary. <laughs> Shelly, comma, lone wolf. Beginning, <laughs> comma, lone wolf. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. Who is your quilty crush? Oh, that's going to be Jess Ziegler from Threaded Quilting. She's an amazing long-arm quilter, and she's uh, she leads this membership site that I'm a part of. What's your favorite recent make? Oh, I'm currently working on an orange peel quilt. I'm looking around like I can see it, but I can't. But um, <laughs> I'm working on an orange peel quilt, and it's got me really excited and happy. How many quilts are in your whip pile right now? One. I'm really monogamous. <gasps> Okay, I have a quick question. So, <laughs> when you're like, how? Monogamy. Let me explain. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you, I just okay. do one and then I finish it okay. and then I start another one. <laughs> so, okay, so pre long arming yep. Shelly and post long well, arming Shelly, do you feel that there are less items in your whip pile now that you've got a long arm machine? Oh, uh, leading up to it, there was so many more items in my whip pile because I made all these quilt tops in an effort to practice when I finally got a machine. So that was really out of hand. Before I got a machine, I probably had like 20 quilt tops just laying around, which did not sit well with my tendencies. (laughs) I did not enjoy that feeling. But then I ripped through all those and now we're we're back down to normal Shelly. One in the whip pile. Yep. Wendy, are you trying to justify buying a long arm? machine uh, i don't know <laughs> <I'm really fine. laughs> i don't know well i mean i don't know where i would fit it in the in the apartment i mean i could but that just means that there'll be no more kids room later in the future <laughs> <laughs> do you have any other hobbies oh i really like to fish oh yeah nice. you're ice fishing yeah that, uh, that was you I, yeah i don't enjoy <laughs> ice fishing as much it's a little colder but it's now open water season it just opened two days ago in manitoba and we'll be heading out later on this week in the boat yes in the boat so not a fly fisher You're... also a fly fisher yeah oh. but um but more boat fishing yeah i love the idea of fly fishing sorry it's, it's very calming it's and also extremely frustrating because the skill that's required is yeah. almost impossible to achieve but I feel like I need to include this in the show notes because I don't know what fly fishing is. Oh, well, you should, next time you're up in Riverside, people have been practicing in the soccer fields. It's like they have oh. cones set up and they've like got, they're just going for it. It's beautiful to watch. I don't think my shoulder could do it, but wow. yeah. Anyways, on that note, <laughs> on that tangent, we've just got a couple more questions for you. Um, who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? Okay, number one, Jaws makes quilts. Do you guys know this lady? My question is, how does she make so many quilts? I do not understand. Because she also has a job from what I can see from Instagram. Even if you have all the hours in every day, I still am amazed with the amount that she can crank out. And they're all so yeah. interesting. I really like her feed because it's colorful and bright. And the color combos that she uses sometimes are things that I wouldn't think of. And, and her puppy. And her dog is adorable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My so husband helps. follows the dogs. Account. Oh, I like it. <laughs> I would also recommend Vintage Sewing Box. Emma, she's out of England and her, she uses a lot of Liberty and she does a lot of really small English paper piecing of hexagons. And it is just so calming to look at her feed. It is just, oh, if you're stressed, just click over there and you'll be transported into a lovely pastel covered, friendly place. Right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Vintage Sewing Box. <laughs> And then I just really like what Megan's up to at Then Came June. I just really like the patterns that she comes up with. I like her color combos. 
I I like the way she takes pictures. I just I, that's pretty. I never I never get sad when I'm looking at her feed. There's always something nice to look at. So we need to wrap up, and we hope that you enjoy today's show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth Studio. Wendy, I am the dot weekend quilter. Anna, I am at Wax and Wayne Studio. And Shelley, I'm at Matant Quilting. Or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you love what you heard, we hope that you'll give us a five-star rating, subscribe to the show on your podcast provider of choice, and tell your friends about us too. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 Thank you.